Gerhardt's back. The more things change, the more they stay the same. From NJ1015.com, this is the new Jim Gerhardt Podcast. Well, again, I'm Jim Gerhardt, along with my good friend and esteemed colleague, Bob Williams. Uh, if you'd never heard of us, uh, people did, because for 25 years, we did the morning show here on New Jersey 101.5. And uh, Bob, of course, the premier traffic reporter in the country. Later, I want to ask you, Bob, to explain just how traffic reports are done, how where the information comes from, just how you do it. All right. First, uh, we will try, as we usually do, to kind of lift up a little bit of the edge of the tent and let you peep under there mm-hmm. into this bizarre world, <laughs> the circus going on in there, all the craziness. Yeah. The governor now, Comrade Murphy, uh, is on a roll. He's got three potential scandals going here in a row. One was the hiring of the convicted uh, corrupt public official, Mm -hmm. which he doubled down on, says he's proud he did that. And as we explained last week, it was a brilliant political move because that way he's going to get the corrupt political vote, the corrupt politician vote. Yeah. And that's a lot of votes. Sure is. That's a lot of votes out there. He's their hero. Uh, The second one was a little sort of nebulous. It's whether he is involved or has appointed a person who uh, supposedly, they say, or allegedly was involved in an illegal money maneuvering scam in the Bahamas or something like that. And this person had been paid, what, a couple million dollars by the uh, the Murphy campaign. It's rather involved, and who knows? The big one, though, now is the rape accusation against a person that uh, the governor had appointed to a high position. Right. By by a volunteer from his uh, campaign when he well, was running. This business of rewarding people who helped you during the campaign, that's not new. I mean, they all do that. Yeah. And so to say, well, he only got the job because he was instrumental in getting the governor elected. Well, of course. Uh, Frank Rizzo, the legendary mayor of Philadelphia once was criticized by a news reporter. I think it was Andrea Mitchell at the time, who now became big on NBC, but she was a local Philadelphia Statehouse reporter at the time. And she accosted the mayor about hiring your supporters. And so Rizzo says, what the hell am I supposed to do? Hire my enemies? (laughs) And yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, makes perfect sense. So I I can't fault him for uh, for that. But one thing that struck me, uh, about his response to the uh, the rape, which is someone he had appointed who'd been a campaign worker, allegedly had raped, according to her, he uh, the charge. Yeah. He had raped her after some sort of a campaign, I guess, meeting. Mm-hmm. But be that as it may, and right now, who knows, uh, you know, what, what happened. Right. The details I, are still coming. You've got two things here. One is that the governor's response to that was a we thing instead of I am against this we. He included his wife in the statement yeah. as if this were some royal family. Uh, did you, 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 yeah, did you no, notice I've that? I've heard a little bit of that this, yes. It's, yeah, it's, and it's, I don't know what that had to do with it, but he did not. It's almost as he he's not responding as the governor officially, sort of keeping all kind of doors open. Yeah. But it says a private citizen, we. And he throws his wife into the woodpile mm-hmm. there or against this. It'll be very the, interesting to see what he knew and when he knew and how much he knew or how much he did not know. I think know. the allegation is, or the seriousness of it, that he knew that this charge was out there before he appointed the person back during the campaign. The other thing that struck me as very interesting, where are the demonstrators? Mm. Now, from what you see, and again, I don't know, but from what you see, 
there seems to be more substance to this allegation, potentially, far more than there was against the uh, Justice Kavanaugh in Washington. Mm-hmm. And as you know, all hell broke loose over that. You know, the mob was rioting in the streets and trying to break down the doors of the Supreme Court, screaming. Um, where Where's the mob now? Allegedly, that was because of, of he was a, what, a, a female molester or something. Where are they now? Yeah. I mean, you turn it around, this is the same sort of an accusation in high places. They're not accusing the governor, obviously. But where's, where's the response from what used to be the Democratic Party? Now, I guess, yeah. as is said, the, the, the heir to the mob. Anyway, uh, you now, you are very close to this because, uh, you know, I'm sitting at home on the veranda of stately Gerhard Manor uh, sipping an occasional julep and, you know, tossing silver dollars at the mockingbirds and playing with my puppies and cats and the like. You're here every day. You're on the firing line. What what now is going on on the air, for example, this morning about that? I assume that it is a topic oh, uh, of conversation. It, it, it's a hot topic. Well, what do uh, people think? People are uh, overall outraged about it, that they're very interested and surprised that uh, the governor took the stance that he has so far. And uh, they're w- we're waiting to hear more details. But mm-hmm. people are very, very surprised. And, yeah, hypocrisy could be a, a major well, issue there. But on the other hand, the governor didn't do it. He's not accused no. of anything. As far as we know, he and the Mrs. I guess they're operating as a as a team now, sitting yeah. on the co thrones, according to this statement. Right, uh, they are as pure and innocent as what Caesar's wife was alleged to be. Yeah, so he has no direct involvement in that. But the fact, I, I guess, nowadays things boil down to such fine innuendo right. <laughs> type lines that the what, what is the big thing that he should have not appointed him. Yes. Oh, uh, what? I mean, he can't prosecute so. yeah. him. He couldn't have. Right. But, the, uh, you know, that, that, that is the, uh, the line of thinking that perhaps mm-hmm. he should not have been appointed knowing that those accusations were out there. Well, you know, another thing very interesting, the, uh, the governor, this has nothing to do with that, but, and I don't remember the, the occasion, but he was blaming uh, President Trump for something. Uh, and I'm not sure exactly what it was. But here's what he said. He said, because of our president, we are a divided nation. Why? I mean, that's such knee-jerk, hard-left stuff in his posturing for the Democratic nomination for the presidency. We're not a divided nation because of President Trump. We're a divided nation because of those who <laughs> who will not accept the presidency. They're the ones who pulled out of the, the spirit out of the nation. Mm-hmm. It was not him. That's like uh, the uh, Hillary Clinton, who uh, had said something last week that you can't trust conservatives uh, to be civil. They're not civil. So we so won't be, yeah, so therefore we won't be civil. Yeah. Well, you're not being civil already. She said what? We, we won't be civil until we're back in power. Yes, 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 right, right. Well, that's the whole thing. She she is still upset because God had ordained her to be president. And uh, she... Yeah, the order didn't uh, come through yet. Yeah, I'll tell you what, we got a word here. And I got a couple other uh, Hillary Clinton things. I don't know, the woman just should get off the stage. She's making a total fool out of herself. Yeah, she's hurting her own party. But, as we had mentioned last week, they have to go along with it. Because at least at some point during the last election and, and after, 
big time fundraising for the Democrats is somehow down mm. and they are being supported by the Clintons. There's the, money. The, the Clinton money, the Clinton foundation that was very carefully uh, extorted <laughs> from foreign governments and anybody else who had a buck over the years is supporting the democratic party. And it's smart on the Clinton's part. Yeah. They can't criticize the husband for satiriasis and what he did. <laughs> so, and they, they can't shut her up. They can't nope. tell her to sit down and plug it up. All right, more on that coming up uh, after this word. Hi, I'm Jim Gearhart. I'd like to uh, tell you another story about Robert Dukansky at REMAX First Advantage. An investor in Port Reading found out the power of Rob Dukansky's marketing and why having a huge database of buyers is so important. Now, the buyer purchased and renovated a home, but it was sitting directly across from the turnpike, and that meant trouble. But no problem for Rob Dukansky. Rob and his team came in. They designed a specific marketing plan, matched the buyers to it. After 13 showings in two weeks, a bidding war took place, and it got him over the asking price. Now, that is the power of Rob Dukansky. Rob guarantees to sell your home at a price and a deadline you agree to, or he'll buy it. No risk because he'll let you out of the contract anytime. So what do you do if your real estate agent can't sell your home? Well, you call the official real estate agent of 101.5, and the only agent I would think of calling if I needed to sell my home, that's Rob Dukansky, 855-350-1015, 855-350-1015, or go online to robsellsnj.com and start your packing. So good old Kanye West has uh, made the headlines the last week or so. The only thing I know about Kanye West is the South Park uh, <laughs> show they did when they really ripped him <laughs> oh, apart. That was man. a couple of years ago. But you were following this. Yeah, he, he made a big, a big uh, splash. He was at the White House. At the White House. Guest. He's been uh, friends with uh, President Trump uh-huh. uh, even before he uh, he, he, he uh, won the election. He's been he's been a big supporter of Trump, and uh, he went out there and you know they had a nice little. Uh, meeting there with the press last week and he said a couple of uh off, words. off color things while the cameras were rolling very funny uh but it's very interesting that uh, people are just beating him up because he mm-hmm. is coming out and being mm-hmm. an independent voice uh in favor of trump where a lot of people well, of his audience are are not they're very liberal well it's the uh, the uh cohorts the industry right absolutely yeah in order it's, to keep it, your good, he's, he's bucking yeah. the trend sure and if, in he's order to be in good standing voice. in the industry you have to violently hate trump or pretend you do i yeah. wonder sometimes how many of these people actually have any idea of anything trump has done ever will do any policies anything in his personal life at all but in order to keep your standing up, it's like yeah. paying your dues. And, and it's to like, be part of the, the Hollywood yeah. establishment, the entertainment establishment, mm-hmm. you have to come out. And you try to top, and then somebody else elevates it and tries to top that. Yeah. And and the guy, you know, he's a little bit off uh, <laughs> off center, I guess. But he's, I think he's, he's calling him a psychopath. <laughs> I, I don't have any problem with that. He, he's admitted but, uh, he's got some mental health issues. Yeah. But he but he is entertaining, and he he does have a voice, and he's independent. And it's a shame that people are just beating the heck out of him just because of his uh, viewpoint. Yes, but look at it from his point of view. He's getting all this publicity. Yeah, that's, that's what true. the game is about. Right. The game is about money, like everything that's else true. in America. It's, the more popular I am, the higher I am in the you know on on the on the horizon, then the more money I can make. Yeah. And, and and so, 
And well, he's not he's not going to lose anything by that. No, but it, but it is a freedom of speech thing. Like, you know, he's being shut down. Uh, he was supposed to have an interview on a New York radio station. And apparently the New York radio host, morning uh, show host, backed out of the interview, I, I presume, because of mm-hmm. Kanye's uh, points of view and his, mm-hmm. uh, his political beliefs. Well, a lot of these things, I think people just don't want the intimidation because the the, the left will turn to intimidation, obviously. Yeah. I mean, you don't want a howling mob out there. Yeah. I think Rutgers went through something somewhat similar mm-hmm. over free speech. And this still, I don't think this is resolved still. What happened was they had invited a speaker to speak. And this was a person who had gone to Rutgers. She was uh, an alumnus of Rutgers. And she was, and is known as an expert on Middle Eastern affairs. I believe somehow that her parents, one is uh, Israeli, the other uh, Arabic, uh, and she is lectures, you know, on the Middle Eastern situation. Well, she was invited to speak at Rutgers by the university, and this her topic was supposed to be free speech. Mm-hmm. And of course, naturally, and see, I've been very proud of the schools in New Jersey because none of them seem to have gotten caught up in this ridiculous frenzy here. Uh, the, uh, the the snowflake or whatever you want to call it, little hothouse flowers, you know, <laughs> looking for their safe space. Oh, goodness. Somebody doesn't think what I think. I, just, oh, oh, I don't know what to do. Yeah, I'm just going to curl up into a ball here and stick my head in my, well. Uh, but it becomes interesting because Rutgers had postponed because uh, there had been a complaint about her, uh, what, uh, Islamophobia. Uh, and when it boiled down to I'm going to read you the line that they quoted saying that this is a reason they should cancel this. Now, Rutgers didn't, but the complainers, they say, and here's a quote she made. She said, Islamic terror takes its guidance from certain Quran passages and Sharia law. Well, nothing could be truer than that mm. by their own statements, you know. But anyway, for that reason, uh, there was some outcry here from Rutgers. At least we were we thought or were told there's a big outcry because you can't have an, a person with Islamophobia. Right. And so Rutgers had postponed it, which meant cancellation mm-hmm. at the time. Then there was a backlash from other students who complained about the cancellation. <laughs> and so Rutgers is sitting on the fence right now, you know, don't know whether to go caca or go blind over the whole thing. And as usual with college administrations, they got both feet firmly planted in midair, you know, on practically anything. Yeah. What, at what point did the, the inmates start running the asylum on campuses? You're supposed to go, in fact, the University of Chicago put out a statement to incoming freshmen. In effect, it was saying, none of this crap. You're here for an education. We don't care about your political views, your safe space. If you don't like that, then don't come. Later, I think they ended up backing down like everybody always does. But the thing is that in some of the stories I was looking at this morning, Rutgers, in trying to explain it, cover their tail for canceling a free speech event, Rutgers is saying, and they said, a person. So one person originally had complained about it. It only takes one person. It only takes one person. How ridiculous. But. If one person can do this, uh, now another question comes up, not to pursue this uh, because we don't know how it's going to come out. 
Uh, Rutgers will have to make a decision. Now they say they have offered her four dates, but they could also, quote, postpone those two, depending on the response they get. So Rutgers is showing no courage whatever, which is pretty standard, you know, on the college campuses. Now, uh, it's like a California campus. Yeah, well, you see, and I've been so proud of Jersey schools because we hadn't had any of this. Uh, and all of a sudden, here it is. So school officials terrified of a bunch of adolescents <laughs> who are expressing their adolescent angst, which everybody does, a very frustrating time of life. And uh, they, uh, the school has allowed them to set up some kind of a, a ideological enchanted kingdom and then run the school with it. And it just doesn't work. Uh, so, I mean, it's like running the federal government and using, instead of the Constitution, you have a book of Mother Goose stories. <laughs> yeah. Which is uh, pretty much something. That, well, anyway, uh, <laughs> so the ideological, as the French say, merde for brains mm. that goes on in the campus, has slithered into the Garden State of New Jersey. So we'll see how that one comes out. Mm-hmm. Uh, <sighs> Crazy, crazy world. Yeah. Oh, I mentioned uh, Mrs. Clinton, Hillary Clinton, and a couple of things here that uh, I, I, I think I was talking about oh, her complaining about the uh, Republicans were not civil. And so they don't have to be civil because the, the mob, this is this new Democratic organization, they can riot, commit mayhem. And everything, I guess, short of murder, although some of the people have actually abdicated that, and they get away with it. That's civil. Republicans, who have really not answered back that I can see, there's been very little pushback on it, they're the ones who are uncivil. So this gives the left the right to continue this. Uh, Here's here's one interesting, too. There was a, I, I believe it was Vanity Fair, the magazine, and there was an article in there, and I don't know whether this was written by one of their staff members or part of a story, but the gist of the, the, the article, as I understand it, was that, look, it's time for Mrs. Clinton to get off the stage. You know, she's just only making a fool out of herself. Mm. And so the person who wrote it said, well, you know, and it's almost tongue-in-cheek, said, look, she can be active in her, decline, her golden years, so why doesn't she get a hobby? You know, something to do to occupy her time and she'd be happy. And they mentioned cooking, gardening, and then they said, or, or take up knitting. Now, Bob, all hell broke loose, and I ask you why. Knitting. Um, well, I'll tell you, because you'll never guess. All right. Knitting is declared by the new left to be sexist. Really? And saying that somebody should knit is a sexist thing. And so the magazine, instead of saying, you know, uh, well, I think there's a Sicilian uh, term, uh, I, and I, I've seen this uh, when Sicilians are people of, of that extraction talking to one another, and they want to make a point, they will say New England. Hmm. Now, why New England? I guess that's what they mean, because you'll see they do something with their arm up like this, <laughs> And say Upper U.S. <laughs> and I guess they're referring to the to the New England states. But you know, whatever it is, why doesn't why doesn't somebody come back with that? Oh God. Uh, well, so oh oh, a couple more things. Uh, again, let's see. I got I got oh a couple of Clinton things here. Uh, all right, this is. Uh, uh, oh no, let me. 
You want to talk about uh, the election? No, I want to do this. I'm going to find it. I got a little book here. It says the 267 stupidest things politicians have ever said. And so I'm going to refer here. We're talking about Mrs. Clinton. Okay. Now, here's here's one. Uh, A quote from Mrs. Clinton. She says, I was just lucky. Now, why uh, she said that when she was explaining how she transformed transformed a $1,000 investment into a $100,000 payoff. And according to the news articles of the time, uh, the accusation was that she was the beneficiary of a money transfer scam. (laughs) (laughs) And and so I don't think... Oh, here's one. This will give you some idea of her mindset. This is a quote during the uh, 1996 campaign. This was before the re-election of her husband. She said, give Bill a second term, and Al Gore and I will be turned loose to do what we really want to do. <laughs> so it shows you who she thinks is running the government, and she probably was. Oh, speaking of that, I got, I got one more thing. It's not her. This, this is uh, about the, her husband, William Jefferson Clinton, who former U.S. president promised uh, satyr or, or prominent. Uh, this is a man named Harold Ickes, who was a deputy chief of staff at the White House. He worked for the president when he said, I like Bill Clinton. Do I think he's a total idiot? Yes. <laughs> uh, I remember that guy's name. Okay, yeah, so uh, so much for that. So uh, we're three weeks from the election oh, yeah. here in New Jersey. Uh, the senatorial election between uh, Bob Menendez and Bob Hugan, very close, within like three or four points. Uh, Menendez is hanging in there, but Hugan is certainly making a run at it. Very interesting. Uh, it can be done. I guess you could beat the blues as a blue state of New yeah. Jersey, knee-jerk uh, Democratic mm-hmm. state. Uh, certainly Chris Christie did when he was elected, and to some extent, uh, the, uh, who was it, uh, Christy Whitman, mm-hmm. uh, Republicans. It can be done under special circumstances, I think, but normally it is just incredible that in this state today that a Democrat with a minority-sounding name could lose an election. Yeah. But it's possibility. Uh, you know, I, again, I, I, I spent 25 years trying to give people advice how to, how to uh, cure the political system, the illness of it. Nobody paid any attention, so I'm, loath, I, I'm a little reluctant to do it now. But I think something has got to be considered when you're, when you're uh, voting this time, uh, that if there is a Democratic majority in the Congress— then these people have taken over. I mean, the mob, because the Congress is in service of this mob, whatever the heck it is, on the far left. And if this is the kind of government you want, now, even if you are a committed Democrat and, and voted Democratic, as I've done many times, certainly in my life, uh, and so people will, it's a knee-jerk thing. People will say, I can't vote. My daddy'd roll over in his grave if I voted for anybody but a Democrat. Well, listen. Your daddy would probably be appalled at what's going on now. This is the not. This is not your daddy's this, this, Democratic yeah, I was party. Just say that anymore. Daddy's Democratic party. So if the, you go ahead, if this is what's important to you, is just maintaining some family tradition, or just a knee jerk thing, or just some abhorrence to voting for for Wasting another your candidate. Vote, yeah. But this is what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. And if you want mob rule, 
and uh, don't say, well, my representative, he's nice guys, but, but they are in the service. Oh, service of this. Here, here. Got another one. Got, got another quote. And uh, this one is completely irrelevant. And so I will turn to the, the text, like the gentleman of the cloth, I'll refer to the good book here about the dumbest things ever said by politicians. And if I can thumb my way through. Okay. Now, this is funny. It's humorous, but it's true. Here was a senator, a senator who was asked, I'm not going to say who it was, he was asked if his Senate vote could be bought. Here's his quote, no, but it can be rented. (laughs) And so these Soroistas uh, are, are renting this. One time, see, that's the problem, Bob, as I've mentioned, when you get a few years on you, Everything you think of or comes through your mind, the brain comes up with six things that are stored back. He, me, me, me. You would say, talk about me. Talk about your memories. One time, to show how this system works and how they're all in the employ of, of money, essentially, is that during the uh, campaign, I think it was when the first Bush was running against Clinton, uh, the Bush campaign got a $600,000 donation from a big Midwestern agricultural conglomerate. And a reporter was asking the governor's or the president's chief of staff about that. And he said, well, that's a hell of a lot of money. What what do they get? What sort of special treatment do they get? The president's chief of staff said, oh, they don't get any special treatment for that. I mean, they're not buying anything. Uh, And so the reporter said, well, what are they getting? Why are they giving that kind of money? And the the, uh, president's man said, well, access. That gives them access to high places of power. The reporter said, hmm, interesting. Uh, how do people get access? And the president's man said, well, that's the people's problem, not ours. <laughs> and that, that gives you an idea of what goes on here in the, behind the hallowed uh, <laughs> columns mm-hmm. of, of government. So uh, you, I, I wanted to ask you, uh, you got anything? Uh, it was something you wanted to mention, I think. You, well, we were, you wanted to talk about the, the traffic, right? Well, I want to talk about the traffic, but I thought there was another. Uh, no, I think we, we hit it. We, you, uh, with the, uh, you, you think we hit everything? Yeah, with the, uh, the same. Oh, oh, one more. Just a quick thing. Talking about presidents, talking about the past. What we saw in the Congress mm-hmm. during the hearings for the uh, appointment of the Supreme Court Justice, Mr. Kavanaugh, uh, reminded me of this. Uh, what a difference. Uh, John Kennedy a venerated former president who also had a, a wee touch of satiriasis, I think, as well. Uh, he wrote a book called Profiles in Courage. This was, I think, while he was in the Senate. Mm-hmm. And this was about United States senators who had behaved very courageously, acts of courage. Well, it'd be very difficult now to write such a thing because they, this, were, this would have to be profiles in what political depravity yeah. if you had to write one now. Right. One exception, and that is the lady from Maine. Do you realize, and she's a Republican. Uh, and Collins. Her, Collins, Susan yeah. Collins, yeah. And she was the key vote mm-hmm. in tipping over to approve the nomination of Mr. Kavanaugh, Justice Kavanaugh, to the Supreme Court. The pressure we read that was put upon her, and this is also how some of this works. Uh, at one point, there were an organization opposed to him, which would have to be a Democratic allied organization, they had promised her, they said, if you vote against him, we will contribute what a million dollars. Right, a couple million. A yeah, couple million. Right. Yeah, you remember that story. To her campaign. Mm-hmm. If you vote for him, we will donate that to your opponent 
in the next primary. Mm. And that's how this business is done. There are stories that in the Congress, see, many of the people who are making asses out of themselves with this opposition probably don't really have their heart in it, but they have to if they want to keep their seat. The number one important thing to any politician is his career. Everything depends on what does this do for my career. And imagine if you're a member of Congress, and I think Schumer in the Senate, uh, it was supposedly, had put the word out, he's their leader, anybody who does not go along with the anti-Trump, anybody who does anything in this party, in our delegation, to support a Trump measure, will not get financial support from the party in the next primary. The opponent will get it. No matter how they feel. No matter how they feel. And so this scares the hell out of people, naturally, because that's all they got is is this this inflated ego job. I wanted to, okay, I wanted to to turn to you now, Bob, turn this over pretty much to you. Uh, Traffic reports. Now, we have excellent traffic reports on New Jersey 101.5. We always have, thanks to you, Jill, Mark Mitchell, some of the people who have done this over the mm-hmm. years. And I notice now on my app, I get these regular traffic advisories. From the radio station. From the radio yeah. station. Most of them don't involve me. But then every now and again, the little bell goes off and I look and, aha, this is you know roads that I actually use. It's extremely well done. The station is known for the accuracy of its traffic reports, which are very hard things, having had a brush with that myself one time. But... I thought it might be interesting for people. How do you get all that information? Well, I'll tell you. When you're in there, you're giving a whole string of traffic reports. This is blocked. That's blocked. This is working. Transit's doing this. How do you get it all? I'm, I'm you're put, not making it up. I mean, no, you, but because I'm, it's accurate. I'm trying to coordinate a multitude of sources at any one time throughout the morning. Once I come in after five o'clock, I'm on the clock and I'm like checking all my sources. I check with the DOT on a regular basis. I get emails from them. Mm. Um, I have my home uh, database from the traffic center, which is based up in Rutherford. I get all of that information on a computer screen. I also use the, the map technology to see the crowdsourcing on some of the roadways. Um, Cameras, we've got cameras all over the uh, Garden State on the main roadways. Uh, Transit, we've got uh, the Twitter network that we get the tweets from New Jersey Transit and PATH. And all of that uh, goes into what you were saying about uh, how the texts mm-hmm. and the uh, traffic alerts come out through the the nj1015.com app. Um we get all of that information, and when it gets to that point where it's a huge uh, accident or a big delay or a major disruption of train service, that's when the the alerts come out. Anything out of the ordinary, um, the staff here is great. Uh, I'll, I'll mention him, Dan Alexander. He's yeah, the yes, got be yes. behind the scenes guy here at the station. He's one of the main uh, guys that sends out the alerts. Mm-hmm. He's watching the screen along with me, and we talk every morning, and that's how. Uh, the information comes out, mm-hmm. but it has evolved over the years. We used to yeah. have uh, drivers on the roads. We used to have a lot of aircraft, but we've uh, gone back. For, we, we've taken that back and used those funds toward uh, working on the digital technology. You still have aircraft? Uh, we do, but no, not as much not as, as they much. used to because they mm-hmm. don't need to because they have all of these camera networks and they have some helicopters. And and you know, no, to, I, I was just thinking back uh, years ago. Right. Uh, this goes back when I was working at WCBS uh-huh. in New York before they became all news. I was the last person out before they changed to all news. We got our traffic reports. North Jersey came from a guy named Fat Mike. Fat Mike. Who, who had a hot dog stand <laughs> in, in uh, 
Where was he? Uh, Hasbrook Heights. Hasbrook, lo, lo, yeah. Okay. And, and, and Mike would call in and tell us what's going on <laughs> on uh, what Route 17 or right. and, and something else. There was right. a major intersection. He was there. the earlier cellmates, right? Yeah. Cellmate yeah. fed Mike, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. And and then I uh, when I worked at what WNEW was the same thing. We mm-hmm. had other people who'd call in. Yeah. That was our traffic reports. Yeah. I once had a brush with it. It's so, it, right up in uh, Connecticut. You yeah. Were one me off one of end. my uh, metamorphoses for a very short period of time. I think about a year. I had worked. I had gone from Pittsburgh to uh, to Hartford. And the reason was I had a chance to get a job there. I always wanted an old colonial home. Mm-hmm. And in Pittsburgh, I did have one I'd gotten, but it wasn't as old as the ones that go back to the Revolution. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so somehow we decided that uh, we'd do this. So but you d- but you that was irrelevant. But the radio station, I did a morning show on the radio station. A, I, I know, WPOP. Oh, God, yes. I remember that. You do? You, I, you I, do? I, I've, I've uh, researched you. Oh, I, I know you where you've been. I was well, like around 64, 65. Oh, man, right? I've been everywhere, I guess. But yeah, yeah that's right. But yeah. the uh, uh, they did. we got uh, traffic reports in the afternoon. Now, first of all, we got a helicopter. Mm-hmm. And that was fun. A little bell, you know, I forget what they call it, single Bell, for two Bell people, or something like that. except he figured out that that was too expensive for the radio station, so we didn't do too much in that maintenance on a helicopter. Yeah, at that time you could you could get a helicopter is like eighty five or ninety dollars an hour. A regular fixed plane, fifteen dollars an yeah, hour. Yeah, that's so right. You see the I management. That. So I was in the fifteen dollar little little Cessna one seven. Twelve, 12 to fifteen hundred an hour now. Oh, oh yeah, is that right? That's wow. how much. Yeah. So this is a little Cessna one seventy two. So I decided I was going to do afternoon traffic reports, which was a method in my madness, because the guy that we had gotten, the, the, the pilot for the plane that we, the station had leased for that purpose, uh, was a qualified instructor. So he gave me flying lessons while I was doing traffic reports. <laughs> and so I, I was getting that, that. Also, you could take flying lessons also for about $20 an hour. God knows what that is now. So how I learned to fly was one day taking off, and I had not gotten beyond that. You know, so he lets me taxi down the runway, and then we're time to, 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 to rotate. I figured, you know, he's in charge. Well, all of a sudden, he starts going wild. He's sitting there with slapping around with a map, and I don't know what the hell's going on. He's yelling, and he says, here, here, fly it. Fly the plane. Get, take it. <laughs> so I didn't, you know, I just grabbed and held on, you know, froze into the controls, and, of course, up we went. Well, after he finally got through, he jumped over into the back seat, and he was swatting with a map. Turns out that he was deadly, you know, had this allergy to bee stings. And somehow a wasp had gotten into the cockpit. So he needed you to take over. He had to, because if the wasp bit him, he was going into anaphylactic shock. Oh. And I don't know if he had an EpiPen. I don't know if he had EpiPens at that time. Oh, man. Probably at that time, they just put a lily in your hand and say, take your boots off and lie out flat here. That's a heck of a time to learn how to do an auto-rotate. Well, anyway, (laughs) we got off the ground. (laughs) And and we got up in the air, and I guess he he did the wasp in. (laughs) Uh, he was a person of somewhat mature years, so okay. uh, that was that was how I learned to fly. Well, I'm glad you stayed with uh, with the, being the morning guy and uh, continuing there. I'm the, glad you didn't follow that uh, traffic reporter. No, thing. because it was, and again, that's one of the reasons I asked your question. I have this admiration for for good traffic reports. It's very hard to do. Because by the time you get ready with something, situations will have changed. It's, it's so fluid in the morning. It's mm-hmm. like, just like you said, it changes so quickly. You go from from an accident being closed, then we get the word that the road is reopened, and then it's just so fluid. Yeah. And you just got to keep up with it, and we just do the best we can, but Jim. But it does work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. I was noticing this morning the... Uh, <laughs> 
lot of displays of the official state sign. Mm. You know, we have state bugs, we have state yeah. birds, you know, and everything. Everything except the state sign. State yeah. sign is construction one mile. Right. Uh, <laughs> all it. over the place. That's pretty much it. Uh, you know what I want to do? I, I've never been big on vandalism. Closest I ever got as a kid to vandalism. One time we went out with soap and painted RX on the Christian Science reading room window. Uh, but, well, you know, the kids will be kids. But the uh, and I've, I've lost my train of thought now. That's all right. What were we talking about? Traffic. Traffic. Oh, 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 the traffic signs. Okay. Yeah. They have these signs that says mowers ahead. You've seen those. Yes. I want to get one next to a dairy farm, and it says moors ahead. You know, I want to go down and get out of every. I just uh, get out of my car and put another O get on there. Spray paint. Yeah. yeah. Well, on that happy note, yeah. I think we will We're leave good. you. Have yourself a great week. Uh, listen seriously. Uh, the election is coming up. Give this some serious thought, uh, as this is very, very a particularly important one, because I think, uh, in all fairness to Senator Menendez and any other Democratic candidate. They are aligned and in the service of this movement, which has turned into a mob unhappily, very unhappily. And you can get an idea. And it's moving more and more toward the ultimate criminalization of opinion. And that's bad. We already have one group, prominent group with all the letters, the alphabet, the alphabet soup uh, movement. And they are yelling now for sanctions against anybody who disagrees with them or who questions anything that they do. They want to put in gulags. So this thinking is out there. So just just be very careful. Maybe maybe you could put up with another party, vote for a party you haven't voted for, for one election or two, till maybe this whole thing calms down. Because yeah. I don't know it, it, where it's going. It, it, it's got to blow at some point. Keep wearing that hat, my friend. Keep, this is grip. Get rid of incumbent politicians. See, I solved everybody's problem with government years ago. When we came up with this grip, you see it, get rid of incumbent politicians. Love it. Okay. So, uh, so when are you going to start doing it? Maybe by next week, maybe next week, the title turn. We'll see you then. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the new Jim Gerhardt podcast. Still cooking and it's bigger than ever from NJ1015.com.